Spook me up, spooky. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Ooh, Spooky, the podcast that answers the question, what's this podcast about? And the answer is, <laughs> it's about a book that we found called Mysteries of the Unexplained. It's, uh, I think, a Reader's Digest book. Yes. We go through it and take five of the 1980s horror stories from in there and uh, analyze them each and every single week of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> yep. My name's Adam Knox. I'm Peter Jones. Luca Muller. Reporting and for Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> nice to have you. How is it down there in the field? Uh, over. <laughs> um, here's a joke for you. Would you like to hear a joke? Oh, I'd love Hell to yeah. hear a joke to start the pod. What does a walkie-talkie say when it breaks up with you? This is done. You cheated on me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's go. Another five stories from the book. All right. Uh, the first story is from the section titled The Unquiet Sky. Now, I know you guys have been like, hey, can we have more things falling from the sky? <laughs> well, you're in luck. I've been screaming it in my sleep. <laughs> a shower of herring fell on a hill above Melford House in the lawn district of Argleshire, Scotland <laughs> <laughs> in 1821. The fish were large and of good quality, and the local people sent some of them to their landlord in Edinburgh. <laughs> if poor quality fish had fallen on us, I could understand that. That makes sense. It always rains low quality fish. They sent but- the fish to their landlord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, they sent this over- as rent. <laughs> the local people sent some of them to their landlord in Edinburgh. I as- guess back in the day, a landlord was like kind of the mayor. A little bit like you, every bit of land used to be owned by a landlord, like right. a literal lord, right? Of the land. Yeah. And so they would like, I guess, be your only point of contact with the outside world because they'd be the only one who spoke to the one below the king. You know what I mean? So you, what well, if, Like so the landlord used to be the council. Yeah. Sending a fish to the local council, still weird. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, like in the letter, are they like... Imagine this, but from the sky. Yeah. <laughs> if That's you what don't we know what a fish is, please find attached. Oh no, I've attached the wrong document. I've sent him me dog. <laughs> this wasn't on the condition report. <laughs> the weather was exceedingly boisterous. The prevailing wind. Oi, oi! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fucking ride fish on ya! <laughs> let's, let's, <laughs> <laughs> The prevailing wind in the area blows from Loch Melford toward which the hillside in question faces. Loch Melford is an arm of the sea and one of the few places in this part of Scotland where herring can be caught by fly fishers an indication that they frequently swim near the surface there. So they've solved the problem. It's not an unsolved <laughs> mystery. It's like the mystery was big wind yeah. picked up fish that were near the yeah. surface of the water. They, yeah. And threw them at some people that decided to mail those fish to their <laughs> land. The bigger mystery <laughs> is the process in which not only they mailed it, but the, the mailman picked up a clearly fish-containing <laughs> envelope and went, well, won't investigate further into this. And I hope by the time that it got to the landlord, that fish was... Yeah, it was no longer high quality. <laughs> <laughs> a poor quality fish arrives in the mail. It's like, they sent me a message? <laughs> I, b- I thought I'd been a really good landlord. <laughs> I don't know why they're angry with me. <laughs> they're sending me fish. They're sending me the fish. <laughs> I mean, it's good. It's good fish. <laughs> it's good quality fish. Marjorie, I think they're threatening me. 
You ever seen The Godfather? No, me neither. It's not out yet. But it's 1821. <laughs> Have you seen My Godfather? <laughs> I well, saw... Send him some fish. He'd be amazed. <laughs> I saw one of those helicopters yesterday that drops water on fires. Oh, oh shit. yeah. It's fucking awesome. What are they... What's this? There's one called Elvis or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know them personally, <laughs> but it was fucking huge, really low, and yeah. very slow. Yeah. Well, they're yeah. carrying fucking a billion tons of water on it. But it wasn't yet. It just had the hose oh, right. dangling out underneath like a big helicopter penis <laughs> in the wind. It was like, damn. To- <laughs> oh, holy shit. <laughs> just suck off a chopper. <laughs> <laughs> suck off the chopper of a chopper. <laughs> you know, Budgie had a rib removed so he could suck his own. <laughs> Remember Budgie, the little helicopter? Anyway. <laughs> Oh, that was good. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember that. Okay, this next story is from uh, In the Realm of Miracles. Every Whit Sunday... There's a Whit Sunday. Sunday. I thought it was just a place. That is a great area of Australia. Yeah, that's what I thought too, but it says every Whit Sunday. Do you want me to find out? I'd love to find out what a Whit Sunday is. Every Whit Sunday. I'm guessing it's like a a religious... Maybe in context with the rest of the story, we'll be able to find out. Every Whit Sunday for seven years, the venerable Rosa Maria Serio, prioress of the Carmelite convent. Or Oscar nominee. (laughs) Prioress. Wait, Roma. Sorry, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) The seventh Sunday after Easter, a Christian festival commemorating the the descent of the Holy Spirit. Why would you have a word for the seventh Sunday after Easter? Especially when you don't even have a word for the Saturday before Easter. (laughs) 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 Why have you made up one? Happy Whit Sunday, everybody. <laughs> the prioress of the Carmelite cov- uh, uh, convent of Fasona, Italy, obviously, was visited by an extraordinary manifestation of fire. On the first occasion, her nuns saw a ball of fire descend on her. Removing her robes, they found that the undergarments covering the breast had been burned in the shape of a heart. The same sort of burning occurred six more times before the saintly woman's death in 1725 Though the ball of fire was observed only once. What? What happened? (laughs) (laughs) There was a nun. Okay. Then a ball of fire descended from the sky. And this is on Whit Sunday. On Whit Sunday. Okay. That's the weird part, right? (laughs) (laughs) Because normally Whit Sundays go by without a hitch. (laughs) You know, you're you're at the Whit Sunday party. I mean, it's stressful. All the family comes around. Yeah. You've got to cook for everybody. A Whit Sunday goose or whatever the fuck it happens. Yeah. Everyone sits around and goes, remember Easter? Yeah. <laughs> that was a couple <laughs> of months ago. I don't remember it well. Everyone's listening. They got the barbecue out. They're listening to the hottest 100. <laughs> <laughs> they moved it. They need to change the date of Whit Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> On the first occasion, her nuns. So her nuns were watching. <laughs> Uh, a nun saw a ball of fire descend on her. So a ball of fire appeared and de- came from above, descended on her. Okay. They took off her robes and they found that her, the undergarment... Did it pain? kill her? Yeah. Well, after the seventh No, no, no. Time. She was fine. But they removed her robes. Uh, they found that the undergarment garments... But cover- why did they remove her robes if she was fine? Did she, see, did she know it? Well, a ball it? of fire descended on her. Yeah, but my first thought isn't like, get her naked. <laughs> well, it's you're like- not a horny nun. And you're not on the like the horniest day of the year, Whit Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's always aroused. They've been drinking. That's they're ready true. to party. That's true. They, so they removed her robes. They found that the undergarments covering the breast had been burned in the shape of a heart. Does that mean bra? 
Uh, do they have bras? I think this is pre-bra. Do nuns, what, what, what undergarments do you wear covering your breast if you're a nun? And tell me slowly. <laughs> <laughs> so the same sort of burning occurred six more times before she died. But without the fireball. Without the fireball. Huh. So first of all, this is what... So in the shape of a heart, in the shape of a love heart, yeah. or like her heart, because <laughs> it's probably a love heart, yeah. which is not a heart. That's not a shape. Or, or, well, it's uh, if it was upside down, that's the shape that breasts make onto an undergarment. Does that make sense? Oh. Like breasts are in the shape of an upside down love heart. <laughs> that, that one's a stretch. So I'm this saying... This is a ball of fire from the sky. Maybe she's just sweated. Into oh, an yeah, undergarment, yeah, yeah. which would make that sort of a shape. Well, she got burnt. It was a burn, though, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a burn. Maybe a whole burn. I'm sweated heaps. <laughs> this one's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. This one's annoying. By the way, Whit, Stun- <laughs> Whit Sunday this year is on June the 8th. So let's get ready to re release this episode in celebration. <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay, all right, fair enough. <laughs> Wait, Sunday, June the 9th. No, Whit Sunday. Which Sunday? Sunday. Which Sunday? (laughs) Which Sunday? Yes. (laughs) Who's on Sunday? (laughs) The least relatable comedy bit of all time. (laughs) Who's on Which Sunday? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Which Sunday? Which Sunday? Which Sunday? What's that? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Who now? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Someone recreating who's on first who doesn't get the original one. (laughs) Someone's just like, where are you? How? (laughs) (laughs) Who's on first? Uh? (laughs) I suppose so. Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so this is a section on unearthly fates Okay, Let's forget the nun never existed <laughs> I'll never forget that nun <laughs> Every what? Sunday I'll think back on her uh, While he was in the Congo in 1682 the Love it- the Congo The Italian missionary Father Jerome Marola de Sorrento Heard a curious story demonstrating that sometimes fatal effects of, sup- of stup- superstitious fear. During a journey, a young black man had spent the night at a friend's house, and in the morning, the friend had prepared a wild hen for breakfast. This was a food. Dude, what have you cooked? <laughs> <laughs> I guess wild hen is just chicken. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It just sounded crazy. It's just crazy. a wild hen. <laughs> it's just wild. like, where'd you get this? <laughs> Jungle. A wild hen for breakfast. This was a food that young people were forbidden to eat. Oh, okay. <laughs> because of tribal custom. And the visitor asked his friend if the dish he had prepared was really wild hen. The host replied that it was not. And the young guest ate a hearty breakfast. Okay. A few years later, the two men met again. And the friend asked his former guest if he would eat a wild hen. No, he said. This dude's fucking obs- okay. <laughs> He's obsessed with wild hair. <laughs> well, it's his only food that he has. I bet that, that thing of when someone has a really specific thing they ask you if you go to their house. Do you know people who are like that? <laughs> Where you'll go to their house and be like, do you want a yogurt? <laughs> You're like, what do you mean a yogurt? <laughs> I haven't eaten a yogurt in three months yeah, and every yeah. time I come here, you've got a yogurt ready to go for me. Yeah, the sort, of, the sort of weird person who's grown up in a household where like his parents would always just offer people yogurt and he yeah. just thinks that's, you know, somebody comes around, you offer them a yogurt. <laughs> you give them some bit of wild head, they can dip in the yogurt, you know, a regular <laughs> yeah. custom. 
It's like, oh no, sorry, I'm um, you know, I'm I'm intolerant. Do you want a salada? <laughs> <laughs> a single salada? <laughs> yeah, dip it in the yogi. Come around for some for some cabana. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to have a jig really quick? <laughs> Just have a little dance. Anyway, you wild hand for a chicken. coffee and you put a bowl. <laughs> yeah. So this cabana. guy's traveling through the Congo. I, I'm I'm lost. Sorry. So the guy, sorry, the guy traveling through the Congo yeah. has heard this story. Oh, he's heard, yeah, right. he heard this story. This so is a story about <laughs> A guest went around to someone's house. They'd cooked them wild hen. They're not meant to eat wild hen, so they lied and said it wasn't wild hen. Said it wasn't wild hen. Then two years later, those two men meet again. Okay, right. It's been two years since they last saw each other. Sure. Um, and he's like, hey, would you like some wild hen? And he said, no, he said that was impossible. He had been solemnly warned by a magician never to eat that food. By a magician. <laughs> <laughs> He took it on board. <laughs> Is this your card? And also, never eat wild hen. <laughs> uh, I always trust magicians. <laughs> That's why whenever I'm offered a drink, I never check. I just drink it down and wait and see what happens. Magicians are trustworthy. <laughs> it's, it's funny, the idea, because magician obviously... I think must be like a like, like a, a wizard, like a witch doctor, like a witch doctor. But in this context, <laughs> what, what doctor? <laughs> <laughs> when? <laughs> Who's on doctor? <laughs> Wit Sunday. <laughs> I imagine the magician saying it as part of the trick. You know how they'll do like little rhymes, like in bingo and stuff. Like yeah, <laughs> a jack of ten, <laughs> never eat wild ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Which card is a jack of ten? It's the Congo, brother. <laughs> they got different cards down there. That one's a Pikachu. It's like a three of clubs, I guess. Uh, he was warned by a magician never to eat that food. Like, I just imagine in the <laughs> tribe, he's just like, they're all there. They're hanging out. They've got their, their huts. And he's like, uh, just he walks out in the morning and then he's just like, full top hat and cape. <laughs> Magicians. Uh, well, me, I'm on the run. <laughs> yeah, he would have told him not to eat wild hen in one of those stories they always do before a twi- trick. Yeah. Because the trick is about like a cho- pair of chopsticks. So like a lot of people don't know with chopsticks <laughs> that they actually came from a dangerous time and give some stupid backstory. Yeah. So he's done that about a wild hen. Yeah, yeah, correct. So Darren Brown has told him, but yeah. <laughs> never. Eat the wild ham. Uh, the friend laughed and asked why he should refuse to eat the dish now when he'd been perfectly happy to eat it before. This guy's forgotten his lie. Yeah. <laughs> mm. As soon as the guest learned the truth about the breakfast his host had once served him, he began to tremble violently and within 24 hours was dead, the victim of his own fear. Whoa. He shook himself to death. <laughs> because one time he ate a wild hen and was fine. <laughs> and this absolute psycho. <laughs> so that's not the story. The story is a guy who heard that story. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a play within a play. So um so this guy, two years later, he's like, Why wouldn't you eat wild hen now? You ate it. Before. Two years ago. <laughs> we catch up once every two years. <laughs> You're obsessed with serving me wild hen, the thing you know I cannot eat. I told eat. you, just I would have not eaten. I would have not eaten it. <laughs> I'm going to shake to death now and out of fear. Giving himself a panic attack or something. Yeah. So that's so a, I reckon that the guy who heard that story 
fucking ate a dirty bug or whatever. Yeah. And then he was freaking out and they were like, don't stop freaking out. You'll shake yourself to death and told him that story. <laughs> just as a, like a... It sounds <laughs> like one of those tale. stories that halfway through he realized it was boring as well. <laughs> and then like kind of jazzed up the ending a little bit. And two years later, the lie came clean. Yeah, yeah. And then he could see the flat faces of the people <laughs> he was telling it to and he went... And, and then <laughs> he shook himself to death out of fear. <laughs> so it was important. He had eaten wild hair. He'd done it. Yeah. And also. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you should tell the truth yeah. in the end, but not keep a lie up. Because he'd been told it by. A <laughs> magician. Because <laughs> the story is supposed to be about the power of the subconscious that it could kill him because he was afraid of yeah. the wild hen. Yeah. Not a story about how, I want to know, why is this magician warning people off wild hen? <laughs> it's like, oh, you shouldn't need it. Apparently, it's probably delicious. <laughs> or he needs it for a trick. Now me, I own a tame hen farm. <laughs> I keep telling you, don't eat these wild hens. They're not wild. You're eating my chickens. <laughs> There are no wild hens here. You're at my chicken farm. (laughs) (laughs) All right, this is from the section Monsters and More. Uh, Five young water skiers, ranging in age from 14 to 21, were cutting a swath across... Okanagan Lake. <laughs> What's that? Uh, yeah, you heard. <laughs> they were cutting a swath. You know, when you're, you're a water skier, Love cutting the you're hitting it through the, the waves. Like, whoom. They're jumping up. They're like, nice one, Rodney. <laughs> Great swath. <laughs> Dude, you are absolutely caning it today. <laughs> Amazing that you also picked up that they were Canadian. But Okanagan Lake, when they said they had a close-up view of Canada's Ogopogo. That's right. <laughs> this is a story about the Ogopogo. What is the Ogopogo? Other than Ogopogo? <laughs> that d- discount makeup shop. <laughs> <laughs> they had a close-up view of Canada's Ogopogo on July 23rd, 1968. Sherry Campbell, on skis behind the motorboat, was the first to see the long shape floating lazily on the surface of the water. Startled at the sight of a 20 feet of unexpected creature, she let go of the tow rope and nervously trod water until her friends in the boat came back to pick her up. By that time, Ogopogo was moving. Oh no. The youngsters decided to follow the beast for a closer look, and as they claimed afterward, got within five feet of it, close enough, according to Cherie, to see blue, green, grey scales that glittered in the sun. At that point... Ogopogo abruptly submerged and swam off with surprising speed, leaving a wake of V-shaped waves. Although they chased it in their motorboat at 40 miles per hour, the young people <laughs> fell behind and soon lost sight of the monster. That's the story. That's it. Ogopogo. <laughs> did they leave her behind? They're like, we're going to chase it. Yeah. <laughs> I am treading water here. <laughs> I think it's blue, green, gray. We need to see it. <laughs> we're sorry. We're going to leave you in I the lake. I think it's the Oogoo Ogopogo is such a Canadian name for an animal. <laughs> oh, no. We see Oogoo. Pogo. 
Cherie, <laughs> I'm startled. <laughs> you wait there and remember Wayne's World. <laughs> we'll be back. I'm assuming we love Mike Myers because he's Canadian. <laughs> he's the Google Pogo of comedy. <laughs> All that cheesing. I'm hungry for Ugu Poutine. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh la la. <laughs> Cherie, <laughs> Steve, hold tight. Think of Rick Moranis. <laughs> he retired and he teaches comedy now. <laughs> the ultimate lesson to learn. <laughs> Can you imagine being able to be taught by Rick Moranis? I want to look up the Ogo Pogo. I don't. So that's what their version of the Loch Ness or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ogo How do you Pogo. spell it? Ogo. Pogo. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly how you think Ogo Pogo is spelled. The most yep. interesting O-G-O-P-O-G-O. part of that O-G-O. was that they were water skiing, honestly. I, I didn't you, give a shit about water the Ogo Pogo. So yeah. what? It's just a big um. Right. It's just is a big snake? snake, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's Have a you got a photo snake. of it? Well, yeah, sort of. All the photos are just the same as the fake Loch Ness photos and stuff. Oh, Except yeah. this one, which is a weird orb. Yeah, there's like a ball coming out <laughs> of the water. Oh, gee, the Orgle Pogle's knob is poking out of the lake. <laughs> oh, no, I can see Orgle Pogo's schlong. <laughs> I was trying to think. I thought there was a word for penis that rhymed with Ogo Pogo. <laughs> Cherie, um, I bet you a loony you didn't see no Ogo Pogo. <laughs> I bet you a loony. <laughs> What's a Canadian word for penis? Mountie. Ogo <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pogo. Yeah, okay. It's like, it is the exact same as the Loch Ness Monster. Pretty much. It's a little yeah, more yeah. snaky. Which I guess the Loch Ness Monster is too. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. Orgo Pogo attack hospitalizes what? victim, apparently. What? Orgo Pogo attack hospitalizes victim. Let's. Uh, that has got to be just a story about a beaver gone wild. It's the lapine.ca. That's how you know it's Canadian. <laughs> C-A. C-A. <laughs> it had always been just .C. <laughs> <laughs> It had always been Haley's dream to find the Ogopogo. Relatives fondly recall memories of Haley's past adventures exploring Okanogan Lake. She would always be down at the lake, wanting to see the massive serpent, the prehistoric throwback, usually by herself. Can't believe this person who always wanted to see it finally saw it. <laughs> Looking back, we should have told her it was too dangerous. We should have never encouraged it. The idea that they were actively encouraging, like, go to the lake, have a look. Look for the Ogopogo. <laughs> Don't come back until after you hear mommy scream. <laughs> In like a orgasm way. They're fucking while she's down there. Ever since she was five, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, on the na- blah, 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 MP Rick something. Uh, what the Cherie, f- we're going to report this to the CBC. <laughs> okay. Ever since she was five, Haley would often be spotted, sometimes with her dad, searching for the elusive and predatory beast. <laughs> Unfortunately, oh. that dream would come to a tragic conclusion. Is she dead? Haley was exploring by herself a remote beach on the northern shores of Lake Okanogan when she came face to face with the Ogopogo. <laughs> the Ogopogo, acting as the solitary hunter it is, attacked her immediately. Haley was badly hurt in the vicious attacks and passed out from her injuries. The next day, beachgoers found her lying unconscious and immediately called an ambulance. Haley is currently in critical condition. When was this? At the Kalenauer General Hospital. An hour First ago. of February 2015. Right. 2015. So she got bit by a snake or something. MP Rick Dijkstra-Harris. 
I beg your pardon. <laughs> uh, proposed a new piece of legislation authorizing the government to hire professional hunters to find and kill the Ogopogo. <laughs> this move drew harsh criticism from PETA <laughs> spokesperson Jane Dollinger, who insisted that the Ogopogo is just another victim of this tragedy. Elizabeth May of the Green Party endorsed this view yesterday with a passionate speech in the House of Commons. For years, humans have encroached on the Ogopogo's natural <laughs> habitat and polluted the ecosystem that it relies upon for sustenance. The Ogopogo has been backed into a corner and is also the victim in this. That someone got away with trying to murder a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and my guess, somebody from Peter. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy that they're all just talking about this like it's normal. Like there's an Ogo Pogo that's on the loose. Yeah, and that they're allocating government funds to it. This shit. has got to be like the Canadian onion. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. What's it called? The Lapine. <laughs> What's that translation? <laughs> yeah, Lapine? That- <laughs> <laughs> you fucking idiot. French okay. for the peen. <laughs> so, well, no, I think it might be real. You ding dong. <laughs> I think it might be real. Yeah, because listen to some of the other headlines. Simpsons accused of stereotyping fat dumb people. <laughs> Local man suggests poutine be renamed fries with crap on them. Okay, oh, all right. You, oh, Adam, idiot. You, you, you idiot. You've wasted our time. You've wasted the listener's time. <laughs> oh, my God. You found some knockoff onion like the shovel or something. What an, <laughs> yeah, the shovel. What an absolute shit. <laughs> like take on the onion as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's actually pretty funny. Trump announces Trump coin, <laughs> cryptocurrency to repay national debt. Fuck. So they've got off. a sense of humor. Lapine. The, oh fact, the fact that God. I could get through that entire article without realizing yeah, it was yeah. a joke. That is true satire at its <laughs> finest. Well, I'm sorry for reading everybody that. <laughs> but we're sorry for introducing highbrow comedy onto the podcast. <laughs> Fuck, you really fucked Jerry that one. <laughs> just completely just reposted their shit. <laughs> they, they really, they have not posted in years. Lapine. <laughs> Lapine. God. No, like L A P I N E. Yeah. Which literally translates to the French penis. <laughs> God. All right. Well, at least that girl is alive. <laughs> and not but real. She's not real. <laughs> oh, no, it's even worse. <laughs> She's dead all along. <laughs> Ogo Pogo. God, oh, 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 oh. we that is the true Ogo. We've been Ogo Pogo. Hey, look, I'm sorry. I that's did. the expression. You know when you get somebody repost an onion article thinking that it's real? That's when you get Ogo Pogo. <laughs> well, I've been Ogo Pogo. That's where that expression came from. I'm, I'm Canadian drop bear or whatever. I'm yeah, your yeah. 65-year-old auntie on Facebook. <laughs> sorry, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> your apology not accepted. <laughs> See, sorry. How long did you read that for? Uh, for that a long felt like time. Two hours. Yeah, I, I read that fake, fake article for a little while there. And we're like, look at this. This is crazy. Well, because I was stunned <laughs> by the news that someone had been attacked by the Ogo Pogo. Because you were doing it in the accent, it was way slower. As well. I know. I had to. It's also so funny to read what is a, uh, a, a satirical article that you had to skip parts of because it was boring. <laughs> Alright, this is the the final story (laughs) From the section Beyond the Walls of Time Okay, here we go Uh, The following vision of a brother's murder Was recorded by the English journalist William T. Stead Editor of the Pall Mall Gazette 
Are we sure that the Pall Mall Gazette... <laughs> it's a satirical is newspaper yeah, from, yeah, yeah. from uh, 1912. <laughs> and founder of the Review of Reviews. That one sounds silly. The Review of the Reviews. <laughs> Stead was a champion of social reform and in later life became interested in, uh, in f- physical research. He had been given the story by persons intimately acquainted with George Northey, the brother of Hart, the murdered man. Oh, this story is titled, by the way, The Murder of Hart Northey. Oh, look out. <laughs> by the coward, Robert Ford. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from childhood, their lives had been marked by the strongest brotherly affection. They had lived in St. Eglos. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, George. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Hart. George Hart. They had lived in St. Eglos in Cornwall, England, which is situated about 10 miles from the Atlantic and not quite so far from the old market town of Treb... 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 Treb that one. <laughs> Try that. Trebeduina. 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 Fuck, I hope Trebeduina doesn't come up again. Trebeduina. Trebeduina. It's bizarre to give something that no one's ever heard of as like a reference point. It was 10 miles from Trebeduina. The two major things, the Atlantic Ocean and the market town of Trebeduina. George and Hart had never been separated since their birth until the former became a sailor. Hart, at the same time, joined his father in business. In February 1840, George Northey's ship was lying in port at St. Helena. While he was there, George had a strange dream, which he himself related. I dreamed that my brother Hart was at Trebeduina Market, and that I was with him, quite close by his side. Close enough to kiss. <laughs> Love this market. So many nice things. <laughs> I might get myself some apples. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> I'm going to fucking murder him. <laughs> during the whole of the market transaction. He was by his side during the whole of the market transactions. Mm-hmm. Although I could see and hear everything which passed around me, I felt sure that it was not my bodily presence which thus accompanied him, but my shadow, or rather my spiritual self, for he seemed quite unconscious that I was near him. I felt that my being thus present in this strange way betokened some hidden danger which he was destined to meet and which I knew my presence could not avert, for I could not speak to warn him of his peril. Brother, having collected a considerable sum of money, then started on his ride homeward. My terror gradually increased as Hart approached the hamlet of Polkaroo <laughs> <laughs> until I was in a burn. <laughs> Fuck, English towns are silly. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that there's murders in them as well, like they were killed just outside Polkaroo. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. Or immediate reaction. <laughs> Until I was in a perfect frenzy, frantically desirous. Derit? Yeah, that one. <laughs> Whoops. Um, Trebeduina. <laughs> Desir- yeah, I don't know. What is it? Desirous? 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 Is it? Oh, yeah, desirous, I guess. Yet unable to warn my brother in some way and prevent him going further, I suddenly became aware of two dark shadows thrown across the road. Two men appeared whom I instantly recognised as notorious poachers who lived in a lonely wood near St. Eglos. The men wished him, Good evening, Meister. Civilly enough, he replied and entered into conversation with them about some work he had promised them. Yeah. After... <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for these kinds to get murdered. <laughs> After a few minutes, I asked him for some money. The elder of the two brothers, who was standing near the horse's head, said, Mr. Northey, we know you have just come from Trebedina Market with plenty of money in your pockets. We are desperate men, and we be ain't 
gonna leave this be ain't is the best word. <laughs> be ain't. We be ain't gonna leave this place until we've got that money. So. We be ain't gonna leave. <laughs> we be ain't gonna leave this get, place. Yeah. Okay, you've used that word wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we be ain't gonna leave this place until we've got that money. So hand over. My brother made no reply except to slash at him with the whip and spur oh the horse God. at him. The younger of the ruffians instantly drew a pistol and fired. Hart oh. dropped lifeless from the saddle, and one of the vil- vic- villains held him by the throat with a grip of iron for some minutes, as though to make assurance doubly sure and crush out any particle of life my poor brother might have. And what's met. he doing at this point? Just watching him. Well, he's in the what? He's having a dream. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. I thought he was there with him. No, no, this is still the dream. Fucking hell. He feels like he's there yeah, with him. He's right. just painted such a picture of it. Oh, yeah. He felt as if he was next to him at yeah, the market. Yeah. That's right. That's right. The murderers secured the horse to a tree in the orchard and having rifled the corpse. Oh, I love a bit of rifling. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been before it was illegal. Ah, <laughs> oh, the good old days, we call them. <laughs> Can't rifle anything anymore. <laughs> Can't Quick question. <laughs> Would you jack off? <laughs> <laughs> they dragged it up the stream, concealing it under the overhanging banks of the watercourse. They then carefully covered all over all marks of blood on the road and hid the pistol in the thatch of a disused hut close to the roadside. Then, setting the horse free to gallop home alone, they decamped across the country to their own cottage. Right. That's his that's what he had that's his dream. Right. Yeah. So he's seen him, his brother going home from the market, two people yeah. who he's done work for, know he has money and they shoot yeah. him instead. And he wakes up, he's like, oh, I've got to change me sheets. <laughs> <laughs> I am horny for my brother's death. <laughs> I dreamt about rifling me brother again. <laughs> George Northey's vessel, this is a George Hartstead. George Northey's vessel left St. Helena the next day and reached Plymouth in due course. During the entire voyage home, George Northey was constantly under the firm conviction that his brother Hart had been murdered and that the vision had shown him the details and the murderers. He eventually reached Port and his family. His brother Hart had been murdered. Ah! Exactly as he had visioned. The crime had aroused widespread horror and indignation and every effort of the authorities had been bent upon discovering the murderers and bringing them to justice. Two brothers named Heightwood were suspected. A search was made of their cottage. Brothers killing brothers. Ugh. Don't you hate to see it? <laughs> it's a brother eat brother world out there. It's a brother. real shame, brother. <laughs> Every pair of men for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like how intimate you two are. <laughs> you <laughs> hand over the money. <laughs> we know you've been to the market. Mm, that's a good rifling of that corpse, brother. <laughs> <laughs> a search was made of their cottage, which revealed blood-stained garments, but no trace of the pistol was to be found. Although the younger brother admitted having one but said he had lost it <laughs> me yeah i had one uh, I mean. <laughs> and i have lost it <laughs> under a it? thatch of a cottage <laughs> oops <laughs> the brothers were arrested and brought before the magistrates the evidence against them was certainly not strong but their manner seemed that of guilty men <laughs> <laughs> nervous and saying that they killed him <laughs> they were ordered to be tried at the forthcoming assizes at Trebeduina. Each confessed in the hope of saving his life, and both were sentenced to be hung. There was, however... That is the dumbest way to hope to save your life. Yeah, I did it. Well, <laughs> you, we're going to hang you. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, I thought you'd respect me for being brave and telling oh, you. Oh, but I was honest. I, I was pretty yeah, honest with you're you. You're honestly a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, how would I have got at it? Said you didn't do it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> well... 
Oh, what way could I have not gotten at him today if you didn't murder him? Well, all right. <laughs> Actually, I didn't. <laughs> Is that too late? Oh, all right. <laughs> so I thought about it. It's wrong. Different memory. <laughs> Did you murder Hart? All right. It's a 50-50. Bit of a gamble. <laughs> Yes, I did. <laughs> We're going to hang you. Fair enough. He's going, yeah. And he could see him picking up the nose. No. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, brother. <laughs> don't make the same mistake I did. You got a 50-50 shot and don't do what <laughs> I did. No, I've got it, brother. Don't worry about it. Did you murder the heart? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> 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 the devil is in the details. <laughs> yes or no. <laughs> well, your brother says you did. Ah, well, fuck. <laughs> what, you really <laughs> fucked me, <here>, brother. <laughs> 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 there, there was, however, some doubt about the pistol. Before the execution, George Northey arrived from St. Helena and declared that the pistol was in the thatch of the old cottage, close by the place where his brother, Hart... Pistol in the thatch, innit? <laughs> <laughs> it fucking sounds a lot like George murdered Hart. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I, I know who so did it, and it. I know exactly the evidence to prove that they did it rather than me. Mm. Yeah, where was I? Boat. Out at sea. Sleeping on the boat. Wasn't that boat in port at the time? Yeah. But I was having a dream uh, on the boat. <laughs> yeah, it was. I can tell you exactly what happened. My brother went to the market, made a lot of money at the market. He took a ride home. Somebody <laughs> shot him, hid that pistol in a thatch, and then is uh, a lot of details. How do I know it? <laughs> dream, uh, actually. Who murdered him? His brother. I mean, the brother of another brother. <laughs> there were two brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brother one, brother two, always kissing. Yeah. Always kissing. <laughs> always kissing. They love it. Uh, they found uh, the, declared that the pistol was in the thatch of the old cottage close by the place where his brother Hart had been murdered and where the Heightwood brothers had hidden it. How did you know, he was asked, after the we- weapon had been found at the place he stated. A very fair question. These uh, judges are fucking stupid. <laughs> I saw the foul deed committed in a dream, oh. which I had the night of the murder, he declared, and for some reason was not arrested <laughs> enough. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> that is a dude who 100% killed his brother for a little bit of cash yeah. and then blamed two random other brothers. That, uh, who they'd done work for, so he knows that there's like yeah. a tie there. And he knows that they are just recluses who live in the forest or whatever. Definitely George Northey. Killed Hart. Killed Hart to get money because he was short on money. Yeah. And George Northey definitely owed money to the Heightwood brothers. Yeah. And he was like, you killed my brother. Where's the gun? Well, guess what? I'm the only one who knows. It's actually over there. Yeah, it's (laughs) under your house. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty guilty, boys. Pretty guilty. And and then the two idiot Heightwoods come to court and are like, did you do it? Yes. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's one part of the story. Now, the where... first thing they're going to ask us is if we are brothers. Say yes, no matter what. <laughs> no matter Did what. Did you do it? Yes. <laughs> Shit. 
<laughs> I just had it ready to go. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you brothers? No. All right. <laughs> this, is a, this is a great example on how to get out of a murder. One, find the two dumbest brothers you know. <laughs> Kill your own brother, because as if you would, and then stitch up those Put two. Put the gun in the thatch. <laughs> Stick a gun straight up that thatch. <laughs> uh, all right. Was that it? Was that five stories? That was five tales. It felt like four. Kind of felt like six. <laughs> oh, we did one. get an extra. <laughs> yeah, there was a little mystery of uh, you not being able to understand what the fuck a satirical article is. <laughs> well, Ooh, unlike pain. all these true tales, <laughs> we'll be back with five more true tales next week. But in the meantime, if you feel like it, you're able to book tickets for our comedy festival shows in Melbourne if you're going to be in Melbourne from March the 28th yes. through to April the 18th. 21st. 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 What what are the details of your show, Adam Knox? My show is under my name, Adam Knox. And if you type that into comedyfestival.com.au, I believe that's the best way to find my show, Adam Knox. Um, My compliments to the Jeff. Pretend my name is Jeff. Or Chimp Cop, which is a sketch show that I'm in as well. Nice. My show is called Ha Ha Cool. Just search my name, Luca Bala. Um, Yeah, Comedy Festival website. Fucking get in there, dude. Love for you to get in there. Follow the socials, Luca C. Muller, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, get on the get in, get on get on mine. Get on me. It's at uh, it's called uh, <laughs> just search Peter Jones on the Comedy Festival website. Yeah, don't it's, do it just in Google because it's not always the first thing that comes up. Go to comedyfestival.com.au and search then search our names. yeah, search our names, and that's the best way to do it. And you can also find us for the podcast on your Instagram, on your Facebook, and on your Twitter. Follow us there at Spooky and uh, share around the pod. And uh, we really appreciate that. Yeah. Otherwise, you can find us next week with another episode of this podcast, Do Spooky. But until then, farewell.